It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Breaking news into the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Breaking news, stand by. Hearing from our producer in Philadelphia. The Browns practice has been moved up today due to weather. So they'll go at 145. I don't know what that does to Aditi's schedule. I don't know what that does. Because I know she was supposed to talk to Kevin Stefanski. Uh, that may or may not still be set for 1215. I think it was. 12. Yeah, she was supposed to talk about 1215 to coach. So So I don't know if that's going to change that schedule. But weather in Philly, Mm. they've moved it up to uh, to 145. So, I mean, the good news is, um, well, I don't even think it's good news. Uh, It's still going to be hot. It's still going to be very hot. Jay, you buried the lead, man. What was the lead? The lead is, you can tell we back at school full time. Look who was I know. Look at the four wide. Hey, we ain't we ain't never we ain't seen each other in weeks. Everybody, <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen you in months. I know. I know. It's, it's crazy. I know. And I can't remember the last time I did a show with four chairs. Ever. I mean, Aditi was in it's for been a long time. That's true. But yeah, it, really has. it had to be January. Was that? Like, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, football season is back. That's why we're adding up. We're beefing up our line now. I like the four <laughs> wide line. I like that. Yeah. Very appropriate. Um, Yesterday, I want to thank all of our regular viewers. Yesterday's numbers were bonkers. Silly. Through the roof. How many folks watched the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show yesterday, either in totality or as our individualized clips? And guys, we talked about this last year. If this team gets off to a good start, imagine a 3-0 start. What this town would be like. I mean, crazy. It would be absolutely nuts. Yeah. Which the Browns haven't done in. Don't remember how long. Oh my God, I can't remember either. It was forever. They lost their. Probably been thirty. They years. lost their opener, with the exception of last year. Was yeah. it eighteen in a row or something? Won, like that? I think yeah. they won two openers since they came back. Oh, I, yeah. I think they, I, and they had a tie. <laughs> remember that tie against the Steelers? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, you're, you're talking about a quarter of a century. Yeah. I think it's been thirty years. Since they've won three straight to start the season, they I think it was either it was either late eighties or early. Could 90s. you imagine though the excitement in this? They'd be sponsored by Kool Aid. Kool Aid would be Red the official already, sponsor, by the way. Uh, what, but what about what would the ladies' Kool Aid sponsor be? For who? For the ladies. Oh, pink lemonade. Oh, uh, yesterday it was something else. Forget you don't three, remember Jay. yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forget three. Hey, listen, it was one of your best you, lines yeah. of the day. And, if you and listen, and if you win four in a row, we got to go for the four. Okay, in a row four in a row. You know, it'll be sponsored by a, 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 a limited flavor jungle juice. I know where Bull's going, and he's right. <laughs> you're talking. You're, you guys are talking crazy. This is Cleveland. If the Browns win their opener, I know. No, yeah. First of all, 
you're playing the team that's been the second best team in the AFC the last two years. And then you play the Steelers. If you win that, if you win the first game, assuming Burrow plays, which I think he will. It doesn't matter if he plays or not. Even if it doesn't, but uh, certainly if he does, which I'm assuming he will. And Bull, I get that. The excitement will be It's going to be bonkers. But now imagine if you start with a win at Pittsburgh on Monday night. That's where I thought you were going to go. I would say 2-0. If you beat Cincinnati and Pittsburgh on a Monday night, 2-0 in your division to start the year. They may burn the stadium will fall into the lake, which is a yeah. good thing because yeah, that it needs would be to go anyway. Then we could build a new one. The stadium will fall into the lake and float to Canada. <laughs> We've got a full two-hour uh, Browns discussion <laughs> on tap today. We're going to get into what happened at practice yesterday. Uh, I talked to our producer that was there uh, this morning, got uh, detailed notes on everything that happened. We, uh, we're also going to preview. We're going to talk about if can you get as much out of these uh, joint yeah. practices as you could out of a preseason game because obviously yes. the starters aren't going to go. Yes, we had some injuries. We'll talk about them. I don't think it's anything unless you guys know something no. I don't. No, I don't think it's anything that anybody should get excited about. I have a trade proposal we're talking about. the Browns should make today. We'll come in. Oh, I'll get to that later. Too. Oh, really? Huh. I really like this trade. Mike I wonder, said he liked it. Mike, you like it? I wonder it, right? if it has anything to do with Jones playing so well up front. Could be. Maybe maybe you mm, think that there's be. some depth there and you might want to mm. move another guy. By the way, there's something i got to say that I'm a little disturbed <laughs> by this morning. The fact that all of a sudden Mike has decided to use the word. It was bad enough he did it in our text chain, yeah. but now I'm seeing it on the graphic too. He's calling. He's shortening practice with P-R-A-X. Huh. What is that all about, Mike? It is, at least on Twitter... You have a limited number of characters, Bull, yeah. because we don't play for Twitter Blue like you do. So we have to be very selective in how we get out all the topics uh, in the show. Is it worth paying for Twitter, no, Twitter Blue, by the way? No, 100% no. Because I've talked to some people that also pay for it. They're like, waste. I feel like waste. Twitter has been, I mean, just it just sucks now. I Twitter. think, it's you know, just... this happens. Remember MySpace Kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it happens. Uh, we move on from platforms but about I, every decade, and I think Twitter's I, time is up. up. I don't know. Instagram, I, I can't get the hang of yet. I just watch the videos. But you I, don't, don't, you, I do, too. I'm voyeuristic on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I never post, but I do like to see. Sometimes yeah. you go down that rabbit hole, as you like to call it. Oh, my it, God. Oh, yeah. And I'll look, and I'll say, I just lost 40, like, 40 yeah, minutes of my life. I'll yeah, never get back. Yep. You remember Black Planet? What was it? Black Planet. No. No. You guys never? Okay. No. <laughs> what, does that surprise you that we don't yeah, remember I was, it? I was like, hold on. Yeah, they probably wouldn't be into no. Black Planet. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, I got to tell you one thing before we – yeah. one vacation story real quick. This is okay. Hilarious. And it falls right in line with how stupid I am. So, when we were at Hilton Head last year – I think it was last year, two years ago – we got about 45 minutes home, and I realized I forgot my iPad because I can't ever go anywhere. That's I forget right. everything. Oh, well, this is no. So I had to turn around and get the iPad. So this year, the kids are laughing on vacation like, hey, you got your computer, right, Dad? I'm like, yes, it's in my bag. And I handed my bag to my son. Mm-hmm. So we're packing the car, packing the car. Everything's fine. We're driving home. We came home a different way. So we literally passed the Greenbrier where the Browns were practicing. Okay. So as we're passing the Greenbrier, we, my wife gets a call from Kill Devil Hills. I'm like, well, this isn't good. That's where we were staying. Mm-hmm. And they said, is Jason with you? And she's like, yeah, he's right here. And they said, we have your computer. Oh, and no. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, no, it can't be. It's back there. It's in the back seat. My son, wait a minute, where's the bag? We somehow, the bag got out of the car oh, no. when we were repackaging things and repacking. <laughs> and they had to move the umbrella or something. And they said, <laughs> the, the, clean, the cleaning people found your computer bag with your laptop, with your New York Times laptop, oh, laying oh in the God. driveway of the rental. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so how I'm, long had you had been gone by that point? Five, six hours? Oh, yeah, 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 easy. And the cleaning people were actually there as we were leaving. They were already there to, to it, it is amazing going. to me 
how this like you cannot keep. I don't understand. I, I mean, you're a professional. You, you're I know you've left your, your job a number of times. I, I don't know. I handed my son, who also has ADD, so maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Two people with ADD in charge of a laptop and a computer bag. Oh I handed God. it to him. Yeah. He set it down in the van, and we still didn't come home oh with it. God. How long did it take to get? I don't have it yet. Oh, so, you still don't have no. it? No. So that just happened Sunday. <laughs> oh, they called man. me yesterday. I said, just overnight it. I don't care what it costs. And they said, it's like $180. I said, never mind. I care what it costs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it that bad. That's don't insane, overnight it. That would charge $180. $180. I could crazy. fly there and pick it up for Amazon $180. Amazon has free shipping with Prime, and it gets there in 10 hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, I was thinking it would be like twenty bucks, maybe forty. I would, I would think like yeah. maybe forty bucks. It yeah. was twenty for me to ground ship it. It's supposed to be here by end of day tomorrow. I'm like, well, that's, that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't paying one hundred eighty dollars. Wow. So sorry, I won't yeah. be working again for another couple of days at that's the athletic because okay. I don't. You, have a you've laptop. earned a break. Um, busy show. Uh, first, hello to uh, Mikey McNuggets. How you doing back there? I am doing good. Before we get into our topics today, and like Jay said, we have a bunch of good ones to get into. I want to remind everybody that if they are looking for the freshest Browns gear out on the market this year, you got to head over to fanatics.com slash UCSS to help get yourself the best looking gear on the market. And if you get yourself some good gear, you also help us up on, on the back end. So we appreciate you guys supporting us by helping support you look fly for the upcoming Browns season. And with that, Let's talk about the first joint practice between the Browns and the Eagles. One thing real quickly, yesterday I had said, you know, it'd be nice if we could uh, package that deal up with free memberships. Steve texted our group and said, we can't, we can't gift memberships or whatever. No, we can gift memberships, but we can't choose who gets gifted. It's right. a, when you gift random. memberships, yeah. it's completely random through the subscriber, so there's no way okay. to figure out. I see what you're saying. How you you get directly to give sure them to the, what, right? Yes. I see so, what you're saying. That's too bad. I was hoping but we could I will reward them you, with something for their yes. nice gesture to us. I will tell you, starting September, the show is going to start gifting quite a few memberships. Good, so good. I'm glad to hear that. that. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. that. Okay. Um, let's dive in. Joint practice yesterday. Um, I'm told the defense is uh, just dominated. Both sides. Offense has struggled mightily. Um We'll get more into the weeds and some of the details. I'm told Anthony Schwartz had a good day. Caught Crazy, a couple right? of deep balls. Uh, I'm told Amari Cooper did not have a good day. Uncharacteristically dropped some passes that he normally um, brings in. These joint practices, and we talked about it yesterday, so I'll start with you, Jay. <clears throat> Do you buy the notion that you can substitute real snaps in the preseason for these joint practices and, and either get as much or the same out of it? The coaches love it, so I'll defer to them. They're the ones in charge of this. Why do they love it? Because it's it's a more controlled environment. You're not exposed to injuries. Jalen Hurts, for example, isn't going to get – he'll get hit in a preseason game. He's going to get hit and sacked, whereas in this, you can get there. You can see clearly it would have been a sack, right. but you're not taking him to the ground. Right. So it's situations like that that I think coaches love. It's, it's 100%. It's full speed. I remember watching last year. It is full go. But at the same time, it's also controlled in that you're not exposing guys to unnecessary risk and unnecessary injuries. Browns had some guys limping off yesterday. I don't think anything of it is if, if, any real concern. Do we want to detail those? Uh, Miles Denzel is fine. Ward was ill. Conklin. Yeah, Con Conklin, Conklin sounds like it could be possibly the most serious if it's a concussion. Yeah. And Miles got rolled up on. I was trying to figure out if it was the same foot that Miles injured at the Pro Bowl. Do we know? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't even think because about that. Because I asked a couple of people, know. and they were, they were unclear. So I guess yeah, I don't know. Mary Kay did report that as he was walking off, he smiled and said, 
I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Right. Signed autographs. Yeah. He did sign he autographs afterwards. Our he producer barefoot. told me. I just wanted. I, I'm just. I was just curious. Was it the same foot? Right. right. Um, it'd be, I mean, I'd be a little more alarmed from the season. That's almost. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. When, yeah we're I, fine. I was having that conversation with Mikey yeah. when when I was at Greenbrier and we were talking about Amari Cooper. I'm like, we're six weeks still yeah. Yeah. from it. Like this is nothing. Like it. It just Plus doesn't it's matter. A serious right injury. It's, yeah. You know. yeah. 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 So not, not doesn't move the meter for you no, on any of those. No. Yeah. But just I'm, the fact of. I, I do think that the joint practice is a good idea. I know Kevin loves them. He wants to do them. I mean, he'll probably do them every year. Yeah. This is now back-to-back with Philly. He'll probably pick up another team next year, I would think, and do the same thing with the home-and-home. Home. Yeah. The Giants have been here. Obviously, we know about the debacle with the Colts a couple years ago. Sure. But just the fact that... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Like I said, you can get good work in. It's controlled. You can sort of keep a harness on it, whereas in the preseason, anything goes. And that's yeah. why more and more teams are shying away from playing their guys in preseason games because of the injury risk. A- anybody can get hurt at any time playing football. We all know that. Yeah. But they just feel like it's a little bit more of a controlled setting in this where you can get the work in and not expose guys to unnecessary right. injuries. Denzel had a pick yesterday, by the way, of, of, uh, of Jalen Hurt, which Hurts is good. I, I got to say, in all sports, but especially baseball and football, because those are the two sports I pay most attention to, we we're, we are more increasingly babying players. We are more increasingly being scared of injuries. And yet we have more injuries than ever. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, there's or a school I of thought. Say, at least have, it seems that way. So yeah, I, I was yeah. going to say there's no da- there's no yeah. raw data that says well this year injuries are up 19 percent from right. 10 years ago when we had two a days. There's no raw data of that, but it and it and it always seems when you only are relying on anecdotal and memory, it always seems like man we've got a lot of injury. Well, they do happen every year. Uh, to your point, Bull, and I don't know what the answer is, Jay. I don't know even know what the establishment would say of this. There's one school of thought that says to get ready, you've got to hit. Right. Yeah. Yes. And you might open yourself up to injuries, but instead of those injuries happening in the regular season, when you flip the switch to full go, they're now happening in the preseason. I don't know what the establishment, what, what the NFL looks at and, and what they deduce from that, if they can even make anything of it. No, I, I, you're right. Like, and even the guys that don't play in the preseason will tell you, you still have to hit to get ready to play. So they do agree with that. It's just the <laughs> amount. And again, being strategic on when that timing is. Obviously, I spent more time around the NBA than anything else. And I know they take it unbelievably seriously with the monitors that they wear and when guys are running in the red. They've done sleep studies of staying over in extra cities, staying an extra night, getting a full night's rest rather than flying home, getting home at 2, 3 in the morning and having that choppy sleep. A lot of it comes down to what these guys are making now. They're making so much money. This is such an investment. You're protecting your investment. You're impre- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're protecting. Well, it's similar to the pitch count in baseball that used to not exist. Yeah. But now we're seeing this, particularly with the Guardians and all their rookies this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're on strict pitch counts, but and they, again, don't, they don't break them. Are, you know, yes, it's anecdotal <laughs> when I'm saying, oh, it seems like there's just as so many injuries. Right. But if it was, if it was clearly <laughs> there were less injuries, we would notice that. I would think, I think we it would. would. Be I, I really do wish that there was better data. The, yeah. One of the reasons we don't have good data is what I'm told 
is because 10 years ago, they didn't really keep hard, fast numbers right. on every Nick Ding right. and, like they do today. Yes, that's true. And, so and I don't a, know. And a, a lot of guys did play through a lot more Absolutely. a yeah, few years true. ago than right. what. I mean, I think I told the story. I think Brad was in when I was telling the story. Michael Wilbon told a great story about when Michael Jordan was playing, when he was covering Michael. And Michael would walk in the trainer's room, and there would be five or six oh, guys yeah. up there. And Michael would go, get out. Go get dressed. Yep, go get dressed. Playing. Go, go, go. go. Yeah. That's and, and that's just the way that it went. And yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. Now, again, because the investment, because of what these guys are making, if you get a hamstring, you shut it down for three or four days. Sure. To the baseball point, what's interesting, you would know this better than anybody. <laughs> I look at it. I really want to do a deep dive on the Rays. Because I look at oh, they're fascinating. Something is going on. There. I agree. They, yeah. they take but these they pitchers. They don't overuse pitchers. Well, they take pitchers that no one's ever heard of that have yeah. never had any success. They flip them into stars, and then they get hurt, and they have Tommy John, and then they go out and get two more, and, and do they, the same that's thing. That's exactly with them. right. I, Jason, Jason, I'm is going fascinated on there. by it. Now, if you look at their track record of success with young pitchers, it mirrors what the Guardians are doing, yes. which makes sense. There's but some the, crossover in those organizations. But there is more churn there. With I don't know if it's the way that they, and I don't want to go off on a baseball tangent, eleven fifteen on a Browns day. I know. Yeah. But I don't know if it's the way if that pitchers, because we're talking injuries, if they are putting more torque on their elbow and they're throwing things differently than they did well, 30 the years spin ago. Rate, look at how we prioritize spin rate yes. now. And I'll tell you from somebody who has worked with spin rate count and have tried, I've, I've worked with a machine that actually will try to get it up, and there's absolutely more torque. Yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's more torque. And so I, I don't know if the yeah. extra RPM are worth the increase in injuries, because you're absolutely right. Something's going on, but the Astros are another organization that put a high priority, a high priority on spin rate. And their guys all dramatically yeah. improved their spin rate, and they don't seem to be having the injuries that the Rays have. I'm wondering, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't weird. Know. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then to pull us back to football, and as we talk about baseball and torque and spin yeah. rate and everything else, to bring it to football, guys are bigger, stronger, faster than they've ever been before. So you expect more injuries. So you ex- there's going to be harder collisions and more injuries. These yeah. guys were smoking cigarettes and working construction 40 years ago. In the <laughs> That's off-season. so true. And now all they do is work out. So it stands to reason there's going to be more injuries because the collisions are so much well, harder well, than I'm, they were. I'm not, I'm not really worried about the collisions. <laughs> I, I worry about the non-contact injuries. Those are the ones that all the football players are worried well, about. Well, like Joe Burrow had. You yeah. know, the non-contact Achilles, stuff. The, the When you plant, you, you, your knee goes out, or the Achilles heel, right? And you'll never wipe those out of the game. No. Never. Those, no. those are just part of it. And, and it goes to, I've, I've watched a guy, um, and there's a lot of guys who, who do ACL reconstructions, and you look at some of the signs behind the ACL, they can show you why, you know, so- women's soccer players have the most ACL injuries just because the way that their, their hips are, are set. In the way it proportionate to they're putting their more needs. they're putting more pressure on that joint. Um, it also shows like concave and convex. Like you know, LeBron James, he, he's bow legged, right? He's bow legged and slightly pigeon toed. Those guys who are bow legged and pigeon toed very rarely tear ACLs. Guys like me who are a little not needed, like their knees go in a Pro, little you're bit. Pronate, your feet are pronated. Yes. They go, they go out. They're, 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 you're, you're more prone to doing that. There are now guys who now do exercise and studies. And I've been watching guys, especially uh, these right receiver coaches are teaching guys, you know, when you plant, you have to, you, you can't get outside of the framework of your body because that's when those injuries happen when you plant and, and now your weight is now po- put on one leg or one limb. They teach them how to cut without being outside the framework of your body. And we never had that. We were just running around. So hopefully that the science catches yeah. up with the way you it's do good point. things. Yeah. You know, you saw, if you watch the quarterback documentaries, you saw 
uh, Patrick Mahomes trainer doing all these kind of weird exercises with him. Flexibility. You know, to, yes, flexibility and, and injury prevention. So yeah. Flexibility is huge, yeah, huge. Uh, in the track and field world. I only know because of my son. Yeah. And their approach on injuries, now they get, they get a lot of uh, big motor injuries, like you know your hamstrings, your glutes, uh, your quads. One of the things that they do to alleviate it is ridiculous stretching exercises, not just before a competition, yeah. but before any strenuous activity. All and right. I know my son, who was, was prone to injury earlier in his career, and then really got into the stretching world, was relatively injury-free from wow. there on. Yeah. Well, I need, so I think there is something need, to that. Yeah. Here's what we need Corey to do, because I know he's watching or he will watch. He watches every day. Every day. Yeah. Corey, I need you to, we got the, the, the WKYC softball game <laughs> this Saturday. I need you to send me a stretching oh. regimen. <laughs> no, it's Sunday, isn't we'll it? We'll just yeah, ask Sunday. Jay's kid oh, to Sunday, stretch him out. Right. Can we just take a second Pause. to realize what just happened? What I said? Duper. You just asked my son to stretch you out. Yeah. <laughs> And he went talking. That about, might be the biggest super duper pause, pause of all time. And, 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 and that's was, a freeze. And he was not talking about over a pick either. Like <laughs> children. I all right, I don't like children. a bunch of exercises like, from him. And we've got we've got bull son Aaron yeah. is in the, in in house today. Yeah, I wanted to uh, point that out. It's his last day in studio before he has to go back to school next week. Yeah, that's true. And I asked him what are you most excited about, and he said uh, recess. Yeah. Other good, than that, good, I'm not excited. Not good excited. answer. So good that's answer. the t- typical kid his age. No one ever is. Senior in intermediate school. Oh, yes. on the injury front, I want to ask you a question about the helmets, okay? Yeah. We see these spaceman padded yeah, helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There must be something to it. Yep. Then why aren't they wearing them in games? In games? That's a good question. I don't know enough about them to give a, a good answer because I, I laugh at them at practice, too. I laugh. Well, you can't put... Can you put logos on those things? Like, that's probably... Absolutely, you can. Yeah. You can dress them up. You can make that's them all true. orange, put stripes down the middle. You could do whatever you wanted to. But I, when I first saw them, I'm like, those look ridiculous. And then I started thinking about the actual, there are, it's a race to find the perfect helmet. Yeah. I've had some doctors that study brain injuries tell me emphatically, it's impossible. They're right. The brain injury occurs on the sudden stop and the brain keeps moving yep. and slams against the inside of the concussion Super or uh, inside of the skull. skull. Yeah. So I've had, I've had doctors that have worked on, in this field for a lifetime tell me there is no such thing as a perfect helmet. On the other hand, I know people who are with individual groups, among them Sean Springs, the former Buckeye corner and NFL, uh, real good career as a pro. He's with a group that's trying to develop the perfect helmet. And they're doing all kinds of testing and science, and they hook all these monitors up to it. And then I see these simple pads. And I've often said, just go back to the old leather helmets. And, And people look at me like I'm nuts. And I say, well... You use your helmet now as a weapon, not as a device to save you. Well, but you. they've been trying to get that out of... But you. Yeah. But the inclination for a player is, yeah. I've got it, I'm going to use it. But if the Where, si- what, what, what Guys weren't leading headfirst when they were wearing leather helmets. No, that's helmets. true. That's true. But, you know, in, and, but in the end, the, I, I, the scientists are saying, as you said, there's your no, brain keeps moving, so what could the helmet matter? Well, now, so here's the, here was the interesting thing about that, yeah. because when I saw him, I immediately flashed back to a conversation I had with a brain specialist. Yeah. And here's how it happens. Instead of the hard shell helmet absorbing the blow, yeah. now you have a soft cushiony device that's automatically going to slow down the helmet, the head, and ultimately the brain before it impacts the skull. Because there's now a cushion that's not between the hard shell and the head the way it is now, 
all that's going to do is it's going to still force the inside of the head against that cushion. It's still going to come to an abrupt stop. If there's now a soft shell around the helmet, that's going to impact. That's going to absorb the yeah. impact I instead mean, of the brain. I, I got D's in science. I'm the last yeah. one that should be talking about this type of stuff. But it is interesting to me. I kind of liken it to cars in the 60s and 70s that were these tanks that when you hit them, the, your body absorbed the shock. The, exactly. body, the car didn't budge. Sure. Now, and your body in this in oh, this my instance, 77 Caddy Coupe DeVille. Exactly. Yeah, you're but, dead at that. But, yeah. now, but your, your body in that scenario is yeah. the brain inside the skull. Yes. And now if you get in a car wreck, the car is, I mean, you can go 10 miles an hour and total your car. You can. Because the car takes all the force. And you walk out fine. I've experienced that within the last six months. Yeah, so. yeah right I mean, out I, here. When you looked at my car, I, I couldn't believe I got out of it and walked yeah. away. My car was completely totaled. Yeah. And But you're right. That's exactly what science has done with automobiles. And I'm wondering, when I first saw those soft shells on the helmet, I thought, well, hell, if they're wearing them in practice, yeah. there must be some data that shows <clears throat> that it, yeah. it works. And maybe that's where this goes. If, if there's a How way we get for, down this road, by the way? We're talking player safety. Oh. If there's a way for the helmet to be the car and absorb yeah. the shock, maybe that's the way. But again, I got D's in science. I ain't the one. Yeah. And you forgot your laptop, so we'll move on. And my laptop's yeah. somewhere uh, in McNugs. UPS. We're, we're, still, we're still good. We got a few more minutes in the joint practices. G, okay. I know you are of the four of us, the one that played football at the highest level and really any level of football. <coughs> You talked a little bit about yesterday the importance of game snaps and how they can't be totally replicated in a joint practice situation. Do you yeah. feel like in the grand scheme of things <clears throat> that some of these guys may be tricking themselves into thinking they can get the same thing out of a joint practice as they could from a preseason game? Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they trick themselves, but they, they understand it. Like, there's no way you could eliminate injuries. Like, so what you do is you, you kind of talk yourself into certain things and you're like, okay, well, what's the highest level that we can get to um, where we can actually do something to get something out of these drills without guys going all the way to the ground? And so, yeah, you can get something out of it. But, you know, when you've played football before, you just understand that when you get out there and the adrenaline gets to moving and, and that's why they don't want to play guys in preseasons because even starters understand that when you step on the field at any point in time, you got to go 100%. There's no su such thing as 75%, 60% and getting something out of it. You got to go 100% because if you don't, that's when you get hurt. Um, for me, I, I don't think you're going to get the same reads that you see you, that you would see in a regular game um, because, you know, Jay spoke about it. You, there's, no, there's no threat of being uh, injured, right? And a lot of the sacks, and I'll say as a defensive lineman, a lot of the sacks – um, that, that they do get, I think those are placebo. I don't count those because a lot of times when you're playing a guy like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts or somebody like that, like you're not going to tag off yeah, on The him. hard part's getting them to you, the you ground. you got to get him on the ground. Like, and I know yesterday they got to him a number of times, and then obviously the whistle blows, but there's no finishing there, of that process. You gotta, but you're right. With a guy like Hurts, the hard part is getting him on the ground. That's the hardest part because – like, you see a lot of guys, the most dangerous position for a defensive line is if I'm standing right next to you. Because now he's quicker than you are inside this box. He can give you a spin move. He can back up. He can, it's hard to get these guys on the ground. And sometimes it, it doesn't simulate what you need to do, especially in terms of 7-0-7-2. Sometimes I see these guys running these routes on one-on-ones. And the corner, the corner, and the DB will start off on the right hand side, and this guy will run all the way across the field, like on a, a long, deep over route. You're like, dude, you're not gonna do that in the game. You no, don't have time. You don't got time to be running all the way over there doing that. It, it just doesn't simulate the real game to me. But 
it, it, it's the best of both worlds. They're trying to figure out some way to get some reps. Um, I get it. Um, and, and it's always that, that thin line between I want my guys to be sharp or you're going to have to deal with hell if, if one of your guys, if Deshaun Watson get hurt in one of the wet, slippery games like in the preseason, yeah. you're done. You want them sharp. You need them healthy. A couple of things as we bow this topic. One, we just saw that they got to Hurts six times yesterday. Um, again, I was, I was told the offenses just did very little to nothing. They had a drill late in the practice where they kind of did a two-minute drill. Neither offense moved it past midfield. So it was all a defensive show. Yeah. They worked on punting yesterday. They can work on field goals today. Good. One thing, quickly. <laughs> does I know. <laughs> does it matter to the three of you that the reports last year was Philly manhandled the Browns? I mean, I don't think yeah. there was any denying that. Anybody that was there saw it with their own eyes and they knew. All the folks that I talked to yesterday said, this defense looked dominant. Does that even matter to you? Because I know we always talk about preseason. Yeah, nothing, it is what it is. Nothing so really matters to me. See, nothing. Very little yeah. moves the needle for me, Jay. good or bad, in the preseason. So here's where I have to come down on this because last year Philly Philly kicked their ass and when it, they were here, and it kind of be, it was a it was a precursor of what we saw from the Browns and the Eagles and the Eagles. And and we try to temper it and say it's only a couple of days. This didn't look good. They whipped their ass, but it. You know, it is what it is. But then you look and see Philly goes on the Super Bowl and the Browns fall apart. Now, I'm not going to say this is the reversal of that, but I have to give the same credence this year to what we gave last year right. of call it for what it is. It was a great day for the Browns. That could lead to really good things, but it's still only one day. Yeah. So It's if, better than getting our ass kicked. Today. It absolutely is. So, if you, you know, if you had a bad taste over last year and how it went, well, then you should feel good about this. Good point. Um yeah, I mean, certainly it, you have to feel better than, than it was last year leaving those joint practices going, wow, yeah. Philly's really, really good. Yeah, and, and, and we could be really, really bad. Yeah. Last, last year, they were <coughs> passive. They were bend but don't break. They were trying to figure it out, bad communication. If you listen to everybody talk, you listen to, to JOK, you listen to Miles Garrett, you listen to Zadarius Smith. One of the things that shines through defensively is that the Cleveland Browns are playing a different style of a game. They're aggressive. They they, they they make sure that the guys understand, don't worry about no mistakes. Get upfield and be aggressive. And, and as a defensive player, I'm a player who, who likes to be aggressive, who likes to get upfield, who likes to have, you know, put, put the offense on some onus on them to make some plays. Yeah, get them and on their heels. Get them on their heels. And I think, I think everybody in that locker room loves the way that the, his philosophy is. They still have to go out and prove it. But I'm, I'm, I think that the defense is going to be very good this year. Um, they have the pieces, they have the parts, and, and I think they're going to be very quietly surprising, like a really – they may be better than the offense for the first four or five weeks of the year. I expect them to be. By the way, the for those who may care about such things, I was looking at pro football focus before the year will grade position groups. Yeah. And they had the Browns linebackers as the 14th best in the NFL. They're smoking something. I don't know what, but they're, that's just that's Maybe they're well, – well, you know, nuts. I, I think Anthony Walker had like an 80-something grade before Anthony he, Walker and Taki Taki were both – now they acknowledged, hey, this group has had a lot of injuries, yeah. and yeah. so it could go down the toilet. But yeah. their theory was if they stay healthy, they'll be fine at linebacker. Yeah. Jay, you buy that? 14th best linebacking core? No. Well, but, how? But, Are you guys paying attention to other teams' linebacking cores? Well, we see them when we play them. If yeah, there's, and we watch other football games. It's if not there, like we but just like, watch I don't the know. I'm not, I, I, but I don't pay close attention to other teams' linebacking I don't either, but I've, I've paid close enough attention to the Browns to know that last year, 
but it's not. Ba- they're basing it more on what they think is going to happen this year. They didn't change. I think that says more than anything about the Browns that linebacking cores around the league are relatively that's weak the point. And, and that's what we yeah, yeah. we 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 re- readily admit that we readily admit that that position has been devalued. And we talked about. But that. to say that they're in the upper half, I just think that's a stretch. That's that's about half. It's about the middle. Yeah, point. I mean, you're it's close. Sixteen point. would be the midway point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, to me, I, I don't. I just don't feel like they're a t- an upper half. I do think if they stay healthy, we talked about this before. The way that in in Schwartz's scheme that the linebacker is devalued. Right. It's it's the least important position. He could of, hide that wart very easily. Yeah. If they stay healthy, I, I like Anthony Walker. I think yeah. you know he's fine. I think JOK could have a big year in this in this system. If it doesn't if it doesn't work for JOK in this scheme, he's I don't gone. know where it's going to work. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't think either. I think they like his upside. If he can play, he may if he can make plays. Yeah. Running around the field. Being you know free and just making plays, he looked great. different Friday night. He looked and like again, different player Taki, a little Taki bit. Taki was playing very well before he got hurt. I've always His liked football. him a little bit. I liked yeah. him a little bit. So, all right, Mike, take it away. Got a real quick fast read for you guys. If you are not already a subscriber of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, we had, like Jay mentioned earlier, bonkers numbers yesterday. More numbers than subscribers, which means you watch this and you didn't hit that subscribe button. So. Do us a favor, just hit that subscribe button. It is totally free. Give us a like on the videos. It helps us out a long run in the YouTube algorithm. And helps bring this content to more people than ever before, which is our goal for the upcoming football season. Speaking of big goals, let's talk about a big guy, Big Thanos, the Browns' fourth-round pick out of Ohio State, the one, the only, Dewan Jones, who continues to impress day by day, whether it's a preseason game, a training camp practice, a joint practice. The reports on this kid so far been pretty spectacular. Did you just call him Big Thanos? Is that his nickname? That's his nickname. Yeah, that's what they call him. That's I mean, Thanos killed half the universe. I think Does he could. Does he really want that nickname? Do yes. Want, yeah, that's a badass all, nickname. I want all my linemen and defensive linemen yeah. killing everything. You know, that's a great point because this has been as soft as a baby's ass team. Yes, it has. And they need some guys to be bad guys. Yes. And they I think need he, some nasty You know, I don't know what point. his personality type is like. Usually some of those big guys – are just like big teddy bears, yeah. you know. I don't know what he's what he's like uh, personally. Haven't talked to him, but his first impression. I remember when he came in here. He was the guy that was thrown up on the field in minicamp, right? He couldn't get through the practice, and everybody was saying, "Whoa, wow, this guy is out of shape." Mm-hmm. And so, I my arrow was pointing down on him after that. Yeah. Uh, even though I liked him, I liked his size, and I thought, you know, he's going to be a long term project. Let's see what happens in three or four years. But, man, I've, I've completely changed my mind just watching him in two preseason games. Now, I think he took every snap for the offense in the first preseason. And I, he didn't take every snap in the second preseason game, but he was out there a lot. <laughs> did you guys see the Brian Baldinger breakdown? I did. He loves them. Yeah, he, he And by the it. way, if you I, want it, we have it. You know what? I think it's Let worth me get playing. That. Let me I get think that. Baldy yeah. is one of the best in the business Let with his breakdowns. Especially offensive line. He's so yeah, yeah, he knows that position. Go ahead and play it. I think Do it's you want it. the Jets breakdown or the when he, they played the Commanders breakdown? Um, give me that give me that give me the newest one. Yeah, yeah. the Commanders yeah, one he, was he was going nuts about him on both of them. Yeah, but he did point out some deficiencies. Mistake, yeah, yeah. So yeah, play the play the commanders. Fingers crossed for tag board, say a oh, prayer. That's oh, right. no chance. Let's go. The Browns are giving a lot of snaps to Dewan Jones, and and for good reason. He's playing good football, showing awareness of the blitz coming off the edge. All right, he's seeing things. They just cover up inside. All right. Now, you watch this right here, and you go, "This is a twist stunt, end tackle twist." All right, get the back the hell out of the way. He just knocked off his guard. All right, now they give up a sack here. They can clean that up. No big deal. What you love right here. 
He's got his left paw is in Cleveland. I love that. His right paw is in DC. <laughs> like the guy takes up space. All right. Now, right here, his set is just good and consistent. It's just good. Like it's a good punch. All right. Good hands. Long arms. All right. You love it. Now, you can't do this. Look at the size difference between him and the tight ends. He can't go the wrong way. Okay. He knows that. Like you just tell by the reaction after the play and the back taking. Ah, dang it. All right. One mental error, that's all you get. But this, Stonewall. this is patty cake. Stonewall like, he's Jackson. good at it. All right? He's going to get a lot of reps. Who's he might be the right That wasn't Chase, was it? I don't think it was. I, I couldn't tell who hey, was, but, who was Tyler Scott, there. Scott. It was not Chase. Hey, real quick, because that was so good and we love Baldy, you want to watch the Jets one too, just so Throw people get the yeah. full context of what Listen, I can watch so Baldy's breakdowns all day long. All right, so here's that the Jets. Tagboard worked once. Oh, he's Tag got board. the worst Let's one I've ever seen. Tory Holt. Let's drop in on Big Thanos. Dewan Jones here. Played every snap on Thursday night. Look at his hands and his feet. It's like right out of Joe Thomas's playbook against an elite rusher in Bryce Huff. Bam! All right, just swallows him up. He looks tiny right, now, compared to him. Let's watch him here against the Jets' number one pick, Will McDonald. One-on-one -on -one with the Jets' number one pick. Short set. There's the punch and a snap. Snaps that head. Likes to almost aim for the neck. This is Cleveland Brown football right here. Here's Gossett at right guard. Luke Whippler at the center. Watch this here. This is what it's supposed to look like. Bam! There's the punch. Here comes Gossett. Bam! Just look at the victim right there. That's Cleveland Brown football. And then you get the game-winning throw from Dorian Thompson-Robinson, right? Here it is. Watch the set. On Bryce Huff, bam! There's that consistent set, and look consistent. at the gap bam, that he was punch. giving up off the line. This is a great pass rusher off the edge. Look at the length that he has. Look at the length. Look at the separation. He's on an island, so that the quarterback can make this throw for the game winner. Had to be impressed by Big Thanos. <laughs> I'm, you know what? Good call, I, Mike. I'm glad we showed both of them because yeah. it really does give you sort of an example of this. It's right. not just size. His technique and his skill set, they're on point. Yeah. The, the question with Dewan has always been maturity. That's been his big – that's why he fell as far as he did. Well, he won't be 22 forever. No. And if he, if he takes hold of this, if he realizes the opportunity that's in front of him, if he uh, grows up a little bit, which it seems like he's doing – the Browns could have something here. Yeah. But it's too early to declare that he's arrived. Sure. But certainly you have to like what you've seen. I mean, I agree. I think Baldinger is one of the best in the business at doing yeah. this. And if he loves the guy, who am I to say no? I'm just telling you, the reason he fell so far was maturity issues. And he's just kind of, he's kind of a teddy bear sometimes. And he's got a lot to learn. Yeah. And if he does that, then they could have something well, here. Well, you know, I think he mentioned Joe Thomas and how it sort of mirrored his stance there with his hands. Yeah. I hope that the Browns tap into Joe Thomas in whatever role they can. I know he's not, I don't, I mean, he's paid by the team to yeah. be the color commentator for the preseason games. But I think there's a role for Joe as a mentor to Dewan. And I don't just sure. mean on the field. I think he can dramatically help him on the field, but teach him how to be not just a pro, but a, but a great. Yeah. Because I think the skill set that, the, the piece of clay for him is there yeah. to build a Picasso, and, but he needs guidance, I think. And, and that's why, Mike, I, I'm ready to make a trade. Wow. You've seen enough already. You're going to do it, Jack Paul. Conklin, Let's do you? it. I, I, let me tell you something. I, you know I take almost nothing from the preseason. I generally I don't care about it. Yeah, you don't. 
So I'm not overreactionary ever when it comes to this stuff. However, I thought about the Browns. Take a shot of Kool-Aid. I, 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 I thought about the, our conversation. Yeah, you can hold the can. Uh, there you go. Hold I'll that. take, I'll take yeah, some Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought about our conversation about linebacker, and then I saw the PFF grade, but I still think the Browns could use an upgraded linebacker. And I, I saw, so this morning I went and I said, okay, who's a team that has a good linebacking core mm. and a bad offensive line? That could, but – that is trying to win. Like, I wasn't going to go to Arizona, right. but they don't really care about winning. No. So what's a team that's competitive, pretty good, could be a playoff team, bad offensive line, needs a tackle? Because even if Dewan Jones, you know, let's say it doesn't go perfect, the Browns have a lot of depth on the offensive line, all right? And I, and so I think you could you can make up for it there. They have no depth at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And they could, most importantly, what do they need a linebacker? A guy who can stop the run. Yes. Can make those tackles. Yes. Okay. Give so, me this trade. So here's my trade, Mikey. Put it up on the on the board here. So Jack Conklin and a fifth-round pick to the Seahawks wow. for Jordan Brooks. Now, Jordan Brooks uh, is a tackling machine. Was a first-round pick of the Seahawks. Now, he hasn't been great in Seattle because he has struggled against the pass. That's been his Achilles heel. Right. But I'm not worried about that. I want him to go tackle guys, and that he has been excellent at. If you look at his overall PFF grade from last year, not very good. It's like in the, I think he's around 60. But if you look at just his run grade last year, it's very high. This guy, now, they did not pick up his fifth-year option. So, now, does Seattle want to take Conklin? I know he had the, if he has a concussion, this would be off. But (coughs) Seattle... They're a competitive team. They were in the playoffs last year. Sure. They've got a loaded offense, but their offensive line stinks, yeah. especially at right tackle. They have nothing at right tackle. Jack Conklin, if healthy, would be an upgrade for them. And didn't they just pay Smith? They did pay Smith. So yeah. let's protect him. Exactly. And I don't I, hate that bull. I, I, I got to tell I you, think, in fact, I don't, I, I don't know that the Seahawks would do it. I'm not sure if they feel like they need to. T- I think they need a tackle, and they, they have one of the better linebacking groups. Right. You know, Brooks is a, is a decent player, but not a great player. Is that contract tradable? That's What's the only it? thing. Wait. And that's why I had the Browns giving up a better oh, draft pick. Oh, you mean Conklin's pick. contract. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I had the Browns giving up a better draft pick. But maybe they have to take on a another contract from Seattle, something right, right. else instead. I don't know. Jace, what do you think of that? I don't hate it for either side. Yeah, um, I don't either. But I... I'm trying to like I hate the who says no question, but I'm trying to see like yeah. on that on that deal who says no. I don't know that the Browns. I think the Browns don't do it because we just said linebacker is the least important position on that defensive unit, and it's so hard to find tackles. I mean, the fact that we thought Conklin was going to retire and they gave him a four-year extension. Yeah. That was mind-boggling. I still don't understand. I didn't that understand case. it. I don't like it. And, and I don't think that we've seen enough. Out of if you're saying Dewan yeah, is the it's starting risky. right tackle, it's risky. I'd make him the starting right tackle. I don't think that we've seen enough yet to say that. It's I, not a sure thing. I, listen, I, it's I, not a sure thing. But if you, if I told you right now, would you rather have Dewan Jones starting at right tackle and 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 Jordan Brooks at linebacker? I think I think or I would say Conklin yes. and whomever, Kanasik or 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 you know, because other guys might not be ready. I, I think I go with that. Trust me, when he's talking about he's talking about Dewan Jones from a from a sheer physical standpoint. This dude has. And I'm not saying it lightly. He has Hall of Fame traits. 
When you are a basketball player, Wait a minute. that's that's no. A, hey, listen, that's a traits. High, traits, traits. Yeah. Well, that's right. What I said is his, his the chunk of clay his, is beautiful. His, yeah. and, he, and we haven't even mentioned Bill Callahan here. When he yeah, when right. he punch as a, a as an offensive lineman, the first thing they tell you when you go to the combine is they're looking at reach. Right. It's just like a wing, a, 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 a small forward. They're always looking at their wingspan. They want their wingspan to be Doesn't seven he have the biggest, the biggest the NFL has ever seen? When you, can, when you have a wingspan like that and can punch a guy and sit in your stance, yeah. that means nothing he's trying to do to you. Swims don't work. Bull rushes don't work because he has the first meaningful contact right. every and time. And he's a good athlete. And even he, though he looks at, you know. And in his footwork, when he, you look at his kick slide, He's beating that guy to the to the to the point every time, and he was giving up three or four yards and, on the gap and, and still got to he, his point. And I'm not gonna say that he's he's a guy who is gonna be a Hall of Famer or whatever the case is. But look, he just you look at his reps. Watch his reps in college. Look at these reps right here. Who's this? Nope, stop. No, no, please stop. That's look, Brandon Graham too. And, and so my thing is, to me, he has better traits than Jedrick Wills today. Wow. To me. He's a better overall prospect than Jedrick Wills, and he went 10. And to me, he showed more consistency because just like we had Tag Borfool, we they didn't give me my Tag Borfool yesterday when, when Jedrick Wills got pushed in the backfield. We can't even get that yet. <laughs> it broke Tag Board. It, it was broke so bad. Tag Board. It was yeah. so bad. I'm just saying. So I'm looking at the trade, Bull, yeah. and I do like the idea. I like the creativity. If I had to guess who would say no, I think it'd be Seattle. They drafted Abraham Lucas in the third round last year. He made the all PFFs all rookie team at right tackle. Uh, I thought they had they bad right tackle play last year. He had a seventy grade. It's right in the middle. And for a first year guy, for a first year guy right. now going into year yeah, two, that's, that's a, when you expect to that's see a the bad big job out of me. I thought I had read that they had a bad right, bad right tackle situation. They also at the same time, it's a young guy. He wasn't a super high draft pick. They drafted Charles Cross, their left tackle. He was the ninth overall pick. This was a third-round pick. Right. And if they do think they're a little more protection away from making a deep run in the AFC, yeah, I could in the still NFC see them West. Doing it. Yeah, PFF had them as the 30th playoff. best offensive line coming into this year. Well, the, the point that Mike makes is uh, yeah. 70 grade as a rookie. You yeah, expect yeah, yeah. year two to be well, a big job. Maybe he can job. play guard. I don't know. I, I Listen, I that, that part of it is a flaw, no doubt. And the one thing I was also thinking is that Seattle could take the money because they're not paying their quarterback right. a yeah. ton of money. Yeah. Uh, he got paid, Gino, but he's not getting paid like a big-time quarterback. No. You know who's upset with that deal the most? Jack Conklin, because they're building their forever home here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he'll be here. Jack will be a lifer yeah. in Cleveland. Wow. So that would, that would upset him. Well, it felt like a safe bet when they extended him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I so don't, let me ask I don't you guys hate this the trade, real quick though. I really don't. About DeJuan Jones. And you could take – significant however you want to take it significant could be a goal line guy but it's still a significant part of the package it could be he actually plays legitimate snaps do you guys foresee dewan jones being a significant part of this offensive line this year or is it just too early to tell significant is really that's that's too strong a word for me to say yes so if you're asking for a yes or no to the to that question and significant is in there i would say no You'd have to forecast an injury. I mean, because he's not gonna—he's not gonna win the starting job. Jason, is he? No, no. no. So the no. Browns have a lot of injury-prone players on their offense. Well, no, that's line. what I'm saying. Yeah. If you want to forecast an injury, which is you know that's possible, these guys yeah. get hurt. Conklin's getting older. Then yeah, he could play a significant role. But based on skill set and depth chart, 
He's not going to unless there's an opportunity because of an injury. I well, actually, I don't agree on skill set. I, I think about depth chart, yes. I love that your answer because I think I agree 100%. Significance too strong of a word for yeah. me to use. But Conklin's had a ton of injuries. There's a very real chance that he misses three, four games this year at some point. And maybe DeWan's ready. And, and by the way, I can't believe I'm saying that because after the draft, I'm like, this guy's a year or two away. We all thought at that. At least. Yeah. And so if he's coming as fast as it looks, and again, it's early. And so I'm not, I'm not ready to declare where you are with him yet. But I'm not I think saying he's a sure thing. But I, well, you want to trade the starting right tackle? Because I don't think the starting right tackle is very good. Well, <laughs> I think he's old. There, there's yeah. no doubt that his best years are behind him. Hey, man, when you start getting, I'm going to tell you what, when you start getting guys like balding your spot shadowing your preseason Yeah, games, that's big. That means, that means guys understand that if you've been around this league, that this guy has yeah. some unique stuff going on. And I didn't see him spot shadowing Jedrick Wills. He'd been here three years. And if he did, it would be a bad spot shadow. Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you something that we touched on yesterday that I'm dying to get your thoughts on. The NFL has evolved to where your defensive line, it's almost, it's almost being used like bullpens in the middle of games anymore. You know, these guys are shuffling in, yep, shuffling yep, out, yep. and it's worked. Teams have had a lot of success with that, and now it's a trend. You don't just have four solid defensive linemen. Look what the Browns did in the offseason. They've got a deep rotation, and these guys are going to have fresh legs in the fourth quarter because they're all going to get significant blows during the game. Why is it that the NFL hasn't caught up and said about the offensive line, you know what? Why don't we get situational with our offensive linemen? And I know some, some will say, well, you're telecast, you know, you're going you're gonna to telegraph what you're going to do. If you've got to run offensive line in, well, hell, on third and 17, everybody in the building knows what they're going to do anyhow. Yeah. Why don't the offensive lines begin to rotate guys in? Because in that scenario, I could see DeWan Jones getting a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think G would be able to answer this better than me, but I think it's it's a timing thing. Chemistry. With yes. Yeah, that's why I, I brought that ha- up yesterday yes, too. Yes, absolutely. And I also think defensive linemen exert more energy than offensive linemen do. Just in terms, and so these guys, it's almost like hockey lines have to change out faster because of the energy that you're exerting. D linemen don't have to learn anything. All we know is what what gap I'm in, go. And go. Like, and and, and, read and and go. Now, offensive line specifically to his his, answering this question is because when you look at some, uh, you you notice right here, um, they didn't have a lot of twist text different things coming up. Right. When you got an offensive line, you got a center. The center is going to tell everybody up front what the protection scheme is. Then then it's up to the tackle to work with his guard to say, okay, well, I think we got a twist or a text coming, or I think we got a linebacker coming so they can pass things off. So you need to have a rapport with guys to yeah. understand how they work. Footsteps need to be in court. Yep. It's like yep. choreography. Yeah. Gee, let me it's harder you. to do that for a pass, but you can it's do more it of in a the unit. In the, the run game, line. in the yes. run game, it's easier to do if you Gee, wanted to go to big. Kid Dewan Jones, from a physical standpoint, would he be capable of playing left tackle in your opinion? Yes, he would, but it would take a little time because his kick slide is different. Okay, you got you got a different foot up and a different foot back. So some people are, are more comfortable with a left-handed or yeah. a right-handed kick slide. But he could he do it? Sure. I don't understand. Uh, somebody asked Kevin. Somebody asked Kevin Stefanski. I was listening to his press conference. I don't know if it was yesterday or it's probably yesterday, sometime recently. And they asked him specifically, are you working Dewan Jones in practice at left tackle at all? And he said no. And it wasn't followed up on. And I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about, well, if Jack Conklin gets hurt, you know, he's going to probably win. But if Jedrick Wills got hurt, Jack Conklin doesn't play left tackle. No. So why I would, would think you Jones have- would be the – I think I – think, Are they going to use Hudson? 
probably. probably. Hudson played left tackle in college. But so I, I probably I'll, be the guy. Guys, again, yeah. there was so much. Like, he went in the fourth round for a reason. I don't think you want to overload him right now and start making him learn left tackle it, as well. It's, it's, it's baby steps. It's a little yeah. more it's difficult. baby steps with him because right what happens, He's off to a great start, and applaud that. That's great. Yeah, because what can, not overload him. Yes. What can happen is when you, when you go to the left side, it's a different angle. He's been playing right tackle his whole life. So he has well, those so angles So is Jedrick Wills, and it hasn't gone well for him at left tackle. And, and, and Joe Thomas says that a little bit. He says, Jed played right. It's going to take him a little time to get to the left and, and learn how to play that left tackle position. And he's doing he's doing well. He's got a 84 grade right now. If you Now, if they were in a pinch, all, all bets are off. Yeah. You're going to have to play. Could he play guard in a worst-case scenario? God, I don't Dwan, see how he could. I think he's too big. Yeah, he's just too, too big. big. He takes up too much space. I mean, I think so, too, but I'm, just, would, I'm curious would, to a guy that. I, Mike I, said he's going to catch a touchdown pass would, this year or run one in as a fullback. I would, you see I, that, Jay? Well, they had a play last year for Michael Dunn yeah. as, the, oh. as the third tight end who would have been an eligible receiver. There was a play in there for him to catch if a touchdown. If he catches a touchdown pass, forget it. I I'll would, tell you, he, like is, he becomes an instant star in the city if he catches probably a touchdown not, pass. But that's, I mean, I, I would, what are the odds of that? I would put I would put him in a game on, on my cover on, on my heavy packages. <laughs> yeah, he would be in at all times on my. He heavy is package. the heavy package. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I got him. He averaged twelve rebounds. Like the dude's got hands. Yeah, if, if you that's could, what I like. Got hands. Yeah. If you yeah. can play basketball, that's the scariest thing in the world. Like if you see an offensive lineman that played basketball Orlando or pace or was a former D lineman. You know you can't use no stuff. He, he's just as athletic. You might be more athletic, but he has athletic ability. The, the on-field, the on-field stuff is there with him. So whether you love that or hate that, I just think you would love that. It's not a question of if he can do it on the field. Yeah, it's off the field with him. But right. did, did you did you see in that one just him to highlight? He went the wrong way on a run play. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the when it, people don't understand. The smartest guys on the field are old linemen. You got to know audibles. You got to know adjustments. And everything you're doing is thinking on the fly. That guy came, oh, I got to do this. So he went the wrong way, and the guy got tackled in the backfield. So you can't have that. So it just shows he got to get in this book a little bit. But the physical stuff is there. The best talkers in the locker room? Offensive line. Yep. As, as reporters, yeah. you Always. know where to go. You go to, you go to the offensive yep. line. Yep. That's, that's the best the, place that to go. That is a fact. Yeah. All right, Mikey. We got one more fast read, and then we'll move on to our next topic. We ask the YouTube chat a question, and we ever bring you their answers. It's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. We're looking for a oh, job wow. career advancement and great benefits. PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. I asked our community tab today. If Jack Conklin or Jed Wills went down with an injury, are you confident Dewan Jones would be able to step in today and keep Deshaun Watson upright at the same level as those veterans could? And with over 900 votes, 75% said, yeah, there'd be no drop-off. 25% said no. But once again, the comments, not just the votes, the comments were a little more on the hesitant side. So that seems to be the trend. The people who comment guy was more on the conservative side. Neither starting tackle was good last year. Yeah, they were. It was a little choppy last year yeah. for them dudes. Um, yeah, they were both amongst the lower graded tackles. Even in the, in the run game, which was surprising, because Nick Chubb had fifteen hundred. Right. A lot of that was on his own. Yeah, like, <laughs> not it was. Well, they were very strong. Right, like, right. Too. Yeah. And and Nick Chubb did say that in the pivot podcast. He said, you know, I feel like 
You know, my job is to make a one guy miss, and I could well, do that. Well, doesn't he lead the NFL in yards after contact? Yep. By a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, that's – I can't credit the offensive line. Well, I mean, the, the middle is good. The, the middle, middle does good. their job. Yeah. But, it, and you know, and oftentimes outside. that's where he's running. If yeah. he's, you know, but I think a lot of Nick Chubb and his success is Nick Chubb. Yeah. 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 You know. All right. Um, we, we, you want to go to this uh, goes, 32 and 32? <laughs> we got a double edition of 32 and 32. Yeah. We had so much stuff coming off the preseason game the other day that we just did not have time to get to 32 and 32. So we will get into it today with a two-pack. And it happens to be that both these guys are members of the Browns secondary. So we'll start with number 18, that is Martin Emerson, and number 17, Juan Thornhill. Jason, from what you've seen from these two guys, what you've heard in practice, how much of a step up? I'll start with Thornhill, then we'll go to Emerson. But how much of a step up has Thornhill brought in terms of like the leadership to this unit in this defense? He's been an upgrade over JJ3, mm-hmm. certainly. I think it's, And I don't know that John is really that bad of a player. I just think it's a better fit. I think Juan's a better fit for what's going on here. And just a veteran presence back there understands what's expected of him. I thought Tyvis said it best a couple weeks ago about, like, we don't need you until we need you. And when we need you, we really need you. And he understands that where I think with, with JJ3 last year, when they needed him, he was, he was on break. <laughs> yeah, that's- and, and, that's, and that was so glaring in film. So I think that's what's going to be different this year. I don't think you're going to have those types of instances. Obviously, in the last week, John Johnson has signed, and so did um, – just signed yesterday, the other safety that uh, – Rodney Harrison. Well, Johnson went back to right, right, the Rams, right? Right, right. <laughs> right yes. Yeah, so Rodney Harrison signed. Yeah, Rodney Harrison. Rodney, uh, Indianapolis. With Indianapolis, thank you. I, I, I actually – I've complained mostly about this list, but I think you got – you have these two guys in the perfect did spot. Did you ever do your list? I know you're supposed to, right? Nope, oh, never did. Do your own? No, I Slacker. forgot about it. Coward. <laughs> no, I'll do it. I just forgot. <laughs> Remind me, Mike. Send me a text, please, will you? I'll do it tonight. Okay. Um, but I think you guys did a good job. I think these guys are perfectly placed. I think they're important players. I would argue Emerson should be higher. I, I was. I think really? he will be higher. Yeah. I, th- I think he he is my Dewan Jones to G. I think he is a star. Wow. I think he's a stud. I think I'm there's really a lot of potential high. there. I agree. I'm really high on Emerson. Yeah. I think really everybody high. is. I mean, yeah. he played great last year. Yeah. Hey. My and biggest concern in the secondary at this point is really Greg Newsom. If that's our biggest concern, I think we're okay back there. Yeah. yeah. I do. You said it. MJ Emerson, this is why there's levels to this. MJ Emerson took that position. That is his, like, that wasn't no debate. That's, that's his, exactly right. That's yeah. his position. You see, hey, there's something to be said for dogs that when, when Philadelphia come around and when you playing good on good, the dogs be like, ain't no way in hell I'm missing practice. I want both of these reps. Right, right. I get to see A.J. Green. I get to see, to see Devontae Smith I, and Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I want to see them. But guess what? Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom aren't, aren't out there. Now, Don't ain't going to say they ain't going to be good. They'll be fine. I'm not knocking you. But it, he, Emerson is different because he got a different mentality. Like, no, nah, I need good on good right here. When they drafted Martin Emerson, he was not supposed to be the starting outside cornerback. No. That was not the plan. And, and so I'm willing to give Greg a little bit of a break because I think last year was such a transition year for him and a lot was asked of him in terms of sacrifice, Greg needs in terms a little, of ego. Greg needs full focus on football. I, I agree with that. But I, I just if think that happens, he'll be fine. I think last year being a little bit of a transition into a new role, and he had to, he had to eat some ego. Yep. And I think there was some transition that went with that. And if he adjusts to it, like I think he's obviously a talented player. 
uh, this could be a really, really, really good secondary. Yeah, I like it. I like it a whole lot. And I think, um, you know, paired with the defensive front that we have, they're not going to be asked to cover guys for long because I think we're going to we're going to see a lot more pressure from the upfront unit this year than we did in years past. That coupled with the fact that Jim Schwartz and his scheme likes to get up and get after it, and I think uh, I think it's going to be a big, big, big year for this defense. I, I mean, I think the Browns have the potential, and again, it's potential. Neither of these units has proven much yet. No, but to be top five defensive line. Remember we said that last year though. Not defensive line. No, top we five said secondary. Defense. We said their defense line right. was top five. And I, we did. It's, at some point, we yes. were trying to talk ourselves into the fact that they could be the best defense in the league. I thought they would have. Sure I did. thought they could have a top five secondary last year. They certainly did not. They had a I, lot of hiccups. I think that potential is still there, and right. I think that now they have potential to be Look top five. Look at the talent that's back there. I mean, the ta- they're dripping with talent back yeah. there. They yeah. have five potential. Pro Bowl caliber players yeah. in the secondary. I would they really that. do. Yeah. They're all high. They're mostly high draft picks, right? Yeah. And and they've all at times look great. And now it's got to come together. When you're playing the Bengals and now the Ravens, they've obviously upgraded their wide receiver position. Yeah. Uh, you you need Steelers have good wide receivers. You need too. five corners that can get on guys and stay on them for yeah. four or five seconds, and I think they've got them. So three things real quick, Jason. We're actually going to do at the end of the season. I know you mentioned Emerson will be higher at the end. When the final regular season's over, we're going to re-update this yeah. with the best players this year as opposed to the most important ones coming in and see right. where each one's stacked up against each other. Yeah. We will do that. Bill Barnwell of ESPN last week came out with an article of guys set to make big jumps from 2022 to 2023. Martin Emerson was on his list of solid starters to Pro Bowl candidates. So wow. not just us here in Cleveland, but on the national level, I think a lot of things are expected in a good way of Martin Emerson. And one thing stood out to me from joint practices yesterday when they were doing the individual one-on-one drills, guess who went one-on-one with A.J. Brown each time A.J. Brown stepped Oh, really? Up? My guy. Well, it was Emerson? Yeah. It was Emerson. He got beat once, but he came back and knocked down a pass the very next play. Okay, yeah, didn't let him the line. One-on-one yep. split. Very nice. I, I, and by, by the way, Juan Thornhill is a much better match for this defense than, than uh, J.J. 3. I, you know, last year I infamously told him that his name is Jonathan. You, we're not, we call you by your government name. You don't get JJ3. And Juan Thornhill came out uh, last game and looked like a creative player. He had the number one on. He had a shield. He had a towel. I'm like, this guy looks the part. But I love that you rate the uniform. Yeah, oh, yeah. Listen, he had everything working. He switched his number and everything. He was near the line of what? scrimmage. I thought I saw him make a couple tackles, made the read, shoot downhill. I love it. I like what him I love a lot about better. him is he comes with the ring. He comes with the cachet that a Super Bowl champion has when they walk into the room. It's just different. It is. When guys see that, mm-hmm. you know, someone's here from a from a Super Bowl championship team, it automatically brings a level of respect that you can't get. It, Martin Emerson's a second-year guy. He's not going to have that. Right. But now they can all look to him. And Thornhill can say, too, by the way, when they get in, the, in shoving matches and, the, and push comes to shove, you're in fourth quarters of games. He's been there. He's won more than nope. he's lost. Yep. And hopefully he'll can't be able to say that about a lot of their field. players. No, you can't. Yeah. I mean, before you do it, you've got to believe you can do it or have done it before. Yeah. And I think now in Thornhill, they have a guy that is both. He believes he can, and he's done it before, and they can follow him. I like the stylistic fit of Thornhill and Delpit as a safety tandem, too, because Delpit, to me, is more of a plant-your-foot-go-attack guy, and right? Thornhill's more the cerebral If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Make a play on the back end, as Jason said, that Tyvis said, you know, you don't need me till you need me. And he seems smart enough to always be in the right spots when his guys also need him. So I'm excited to see how those two kind of pair up. Ronnie Hickman, safeties. Ohio State guy. I like this guy. He's yeah, around he the fo- last week. He's around the football. I'm tr- now listen, I ain't going to say he's going to steal no positions, but I like him. I like him. He's around the football a lot. Ball skills. I like him. He's here. Yeah. You think he's got a Tyvis spot? Tyvis is doing a breakdown of him tomorrow, by the good, way. Good, good. I'm glad. That's how I know you he's know, good. For years, Tyvis breaking the, the Browns never drafted Buckeyes. They, it's almost like they it's intentionally so avoided that. Meantime, they all went to Pittsburgh yep. and had terrific careers. And all of them. Here, look at look at what they've done just this year. They've got three guys that they've brought in from Ohio State, and all of them seem to be flashing. Mm-hmm. And and why wouldn't they? Yeah. They've played only big one time drafted, college football. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. Drafted too. Yeah, yeah, he Whipper's. was sixth round. He's been really good. Luke Whipler, sixth round pick. Yeah, sixth round. And when Phil and Savage when Phil Savage was the GM, I was covering Ohio State at the time, and I saw him at the facility watching film and talking to coaches. So they do know where Columbus is. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they did have there. relationships. With I just them. couldn't believe it. I, it was so strange. I went back a couple of years ago. I was so I, I got pissed that I kept seeing the Ohio State stars go to Pittsburgh. Cam Hayward, Antonio Holmes, Hayward. and so I went back and looked, and before I, it was probably five or six years ago, in their history they'd only drafted like five Buckeyes. I think Paul Warfield was yeah. the one that had the most success, but they they took Tom Kuzno, yep. who you know I think by the career he had in college and what he did in the pros, he probably was a little bit. Did they draft Craig Powell? Yeah, Craig that's, Powell. That's who broke him, and I think yeah. that did break him because I think that was they were they were like you know what we're good, yeah. and I remember in the '90s the talent they were putting out: Joey Galloway, yeah. Sean Springs. Eddie George, obviously. They, Terry you know, Glenn. But there was one after another after another, and, and Cleveland just kept saying, no, we're good. Yeah. We took Rubisky. Cr- in they fairness, took Rubisky. they did take Rubisky. They did take Rubisky, and yeah, Craig sucked. Powell didn't break the machine. Yeah, yeah, Brian Rubisky, Rubisky, Rubisky did. Yeah. Wasn't he like a second-round pick? He was a he, high oh second-round pick. He, he, was, he, was yeah. a, he was a medium-speed tight end. He was slow. Powell was a high <laughs> pick, too. In fairness, Powell was a first-round yes, pick. At least the Browns were good in the 80s and 90s, so early 90s. Right, you couldn't kill too much. But in the 90s and 2000s and 10s, Watching these Buckeyes go to yeah. Pittsburgh and and hold championship trophies yeah. was just and driving the Browns me were, bananas. The Browns were just drafting everybody bad. I mean, everything you know, they, they did, yeah. pretty much everything. Did we talk they did. Manziel? Did you guys ever do the Manziel? Oh review? yeah, we did. Yeah. And actually, Aditi is done and she's setting up right now. So oh great! Give me two minutes to make sure she's all locked in, loaded. If you want to give us your two cents on the Manziel doc, we did a full review. Did you see uh, it? I think it was last Thursday, but well, Jay, did I you see it? I, I did. Could. I watched it over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. allowed to watch it driving home because I had my family in the car. Right. That's Good. when I watch. Good. I watch Netflix while I'm driving usually, but since I had the yeah, family in the, the car Yeah, he watched the quarterback series on his way to yeah, yeah, yeah. and home from so West Virginia. So what did you think, Jay? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was well done. I wish they would have spent more time on his time with the Browns, but I understand we feel that way because – I mean, it's his you know, documentary, not – yeah. Right, and the other thing, too, like if you go to St. Louis and you say, you know, we're going to do a show on Johnny Manziel, what do you want to see? Oh, man, I want to see – you know, I want to see Johnny right, football. Right, yeah. and, um, That's what resonated. Yep. His time in Cleveland was the fall. Yep. And before the fall can mean anything, you have to have the ascension. It is, guys, and this hit me. I don't know. Did you, did you guys see Everybody's All-American? 
It was it was a yeah, with wonderful movie. No, 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 no. It was about Billy. It was it was. Everybody that watched it said, "Oh, yeah. that's Billy Cannon's life story," but I believe it might have been Frank DeFord that wrote the book. Oh. Frank said, "No, nah, it really wasn't pattern after yeah. anybody." It was um, the guy that played Billy Cannon was um, his brother was the actor in in Vacation, the uncle, the crazy uncle. Oh, yeah, Randy Quaid. Right? Yeah, Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid played Dennis Quaid. Right. The, the the he was the the lead role. Yeah. And the movie, if if you're a Fan Isn't of, when they went back and played a team years later? No, it's called oh. Everybody's All-American. And the story was, Billy Cannon, I think, yeah. won the Heisman Trophy in like 1960. Okay. LSU, wildly popular down there. You know how the South, you know, sure. canonizes their stars. or, or uh, And uh, traitors. Uh, idolizes their stars. <laughs> he actually um, had a terrible fall from yeah. grace. He became an addict. His, he married a cheerleader mm. that flamed the marriage out. He owned a restaurant and business, and it caved. It's a really good story, and the reason it's so good is because it is it, – it, it, everybody's All-American. There was a scene in it where he came back 30 years later to an LSU game. Yeah. And when he came out and they announced him, you know, they weren't paying attention. You know how the crowd gets caught up at halftime. They, yeah. you know, they weren't paying attention. And all the other stars from LSU were coming out, and they weren't paying attention. Well, when they announced him, he raised his hand, and the whole crowd stands up and cheers, and he thought, oh, my God, they remember. But then he was fooled because the LSU team had run out of the locker room, and they were cheering that the team was back on the field. And in that moment, it was like, oh, my God, I'm still nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought Johnny Manziel's story was everybody's All-American. Yeah. It was condensed into a five-year, ten-year, not even ten-year, five-year period, really. His rise was unprecedented and his fall was unprecedented yeah, yeah. and I but thought it was really well done yeah I didn't I don't know maybe I'm harsh but like when I saw the Tua documentary I felt really sorry for him I did too I didn't really feel that bad for Johnny no because I still don't think he's learned his lesson well I, I, he was almost brazen when he said yeah. how much film did you watch Zero. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, like, which was not a surprise to anyone that covered him at the time. But. No, but he'll regret that later in oh, life. Oh, yeah, but I, sure. I did find him sympathetic at times when he was talking about the suicide. Yeah, sure. I, I, was, I, I yeah, thought yeah, I was yeah. sympathetic sure. Aside from that, screw him. Mikey, yeah. what do you got? <laughs> Let's go. I got one thing. First, I'm going to bring in Aditi. We have a super chat from Halim Youssef. He asked if we can get Baldy on the show. He's awesome. Loves the Browns. You know what? I think line. we could get Baldy on the show. I worked with him at ESPN, and I'm, I, I, I'll If you could reach out, we have we have tried. If you could also reach out, I will do that. I'll try. That would be very helpful, so we appreciate it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.